All right, guys, as promised, here I am on Sunday doing the live. This is Combo Courses Podcast Live. My name is Bruce. What I do is cybersecurity. I'm a cybersecurity professional. I've been doing this for many years. And I'm open for any questions you have related to cybersecurity or IT, whatever topics you want to talk about, any questions that you have. I'm going to be here for, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but let's just keep it open. So completely open topics. By the way, I still have a free book out there if you're interested in downloading a book that talks about it's on Kindle. It's on Amazon. Link in description, link in bio. I have a little button that goes directly to the book. And I'm looking for um, reviews. Reviews are better than money. So if you can give me a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. I've got another book coming here real soon. And if you're on my newsletter, you're going to be hearing about that one as soon as I'm done with the formatting of that book. That being said, let's get right into it. I've got my coffee here. Any questions you guys have? Um, shoot. How you guys weekend going? How how you doing, Jay? Jay Levin. This coffee is terrible. This is not good coffee. This is not good coffee. Man, my weekend is going very busy. That's how mine's going. My weekend is all right. Just got home from work. How about you? So my work on weekends, I'm doing stuff like this. I'm writing. I'm doing videos. I'm setting up my whole rest of my week. So actually, my my weekends are pretty are pretty busy. My my weekends are probably busier than my Monday through Friday. To be honest with you, it's crazy. I'm going hella hard. Um, Tim says, great. And you, it's hardcore. It's great. Cause I, I get the opportunity to, uh, to work my ass off. Weekend is going good. It's kind of mental, mentally tough. Taking my mind off of thing off of the risk management framework. Yeah, man. I know how you feel about that. Yeah. Got some personal stuff going on, but what's new? Something's always coming up. Okay, so Zachary says, I don't know much about cybersecurity, but I'm assuming it pays well. Are there any benefits to it? Um, it does pay well. It does pay play pay better than many jobs out there because it's a specialization within the IT. Um, the benefits of it for me, there's a lot actually. Um, there's, there's a lot of pretty decent companies that I've been able to get some, some okay benefits. Um, besides the pay, the benefits have been okay. Um, a lot of, there's been some companies recently that'll reach out to me and I'll work for them and then they'll allow me some autonomy. Like they'll, they'll allow, they'll give me some space to where they just say, look, we just want this done. However long it takes you to do it, just get it done and X time. We need here's here's the time frame we need it done. We need it done by you know three months from now. And then uh, could you appear on these meetings? And if I could do do the meetings and I can deliver in a certain period of time, I got I could do what I need to do. Right, I could work on weekends. I could wake up early, wake up do late. So that that level of freedom has been really good. But that's happened like a couple times in my job. Um, only a couple times. The rest of them have been pretty hardcore. Um, other good things is that the job stability is really good. 
even if I let's say I get in a contract and then they let me go after which happens from time to time contracts come and go. I can get a job within weeks, man. I'm just very picky. So I'll just take my time. And sometimes I won't work. I'll wait until I get something I really like. But I, I can have a job within within days or weeks. I could have a job. It's it's where they really, really need people to do this job. So job security, it pays well. The benefits are OK. Um, those are the biggest benefits for me uh, that I've seen. Also, it's fun. I actually like some of the the technology. I get exposure to certain technologies and uh, and stuff like that. That's that's another thing that's a benefit for me. The, the negative side that people don't talk about is that it can be very stressful because you're dealing with people getting their feelings if there's a breach or if there's deliverables that are expensive. Those that can be very stressful, you know, and that's that's the aspect I notice a lot of your influencers out there don't really talk about, but it can be very, very stressful. Um my man Tim he even mentioned like you know trying to get his mind off. Who said that? That they're trying to get their mind off of. Yeah, Tim's no J Levin says. Oh, J Levin. Okay, he said weekends going good. I'm kind of mentally mentally tough though, taking time off from from the um, from the RMF. Yeah, it's it gets stressful. It does get stressful. And certain jobs I've been in have been intolerable. Intolerable. They're that bad. I'm dealing with not only. Not only is the situation of the organization hard, but the peep, some of the people are toxic and dealing with a toxic person. And I think that I don't know if it's IT. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it seems like IT or cybersecurity. It tends to attract you end up having to talk to some toxic people, no matter what organization private or public that i've gone to there's always like one or two extremely toxic people and i assume it's in every career field i've only been in two career fields so far one was i was a physical security guy and, and then i've been in it and pretty much everywhere i've gone there's at least one very toxic human being that nobody wants to talk to or deal with you know, it, it can be a customer, it can be a per, it can be a peer, it can be a, a supervisor or managers with that's the worst. So I don't know. That's the negative part of it is that sometimes it's very stressful. OK, let me see. I got some other questions here on. YouTube, Tim says, any pointers you can give for chat GPT hackathon? You're welcome to be on my team. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess you're talking about ChatGPT asking people. They have a bounty out there for you guys don't, that don't know. They have a bounty for if somebody can find out how to hack it. I'm really not that deep in code. I imagine you need to be deep in some of the probably I, if I had to guess some of the some of the the weaknesses or vulnerabilities you're going to find are going to be in the scripts that they have. The last, I can tell you this, the last major flaw that they have, I'm not the right person for your team, by the way. I'm not I'm not a hacker in any stretch of the imagination. That's not where my skill set lies. But <laughs> just being honest. But the last hack that they found was, was actually on, I guess they used some code from GitHub. And uh, I don't remember the name of the actual file. You could probably just Google it. But um, they, they use some stuff from GitHub and that open source GitHub script that they had, that they had is I think the front end 
of ChatGPT because that's the part that's hackable. I think that that's if you're going to hack any part of it, if there's going to be any weaknesses in the armor, it's going to be in that part, the, the the user interface portion, I think, because that's where they found the last one. And what it was was it was weakness in the in the in the chat history because they have some kind of script that looks at your you know when you go into chat gpt it has your chat history well what it was doing was it was sharing everybody's chat history with everyone like it was open to every to the world and that doesn't sound like a bad thing is if you oh, i want to know like hey i've got these groceries make me a recipe or something which chat gpt can do but if you're on if you're working in samsung and you're like um we've got this vulnerability on this top secret back-end samsung product we have you know chat gpt what what kinds of things can we do as a solution that's somebody typed that in somebody did that somebody within samsung put that in there and so samsung like scrambling like oh my god this our secret information our secret sauce for this vulnerability and a vulnerability for a secret sauce is on chat gpt and chat gpt is like hey we can't we don't delete the history from this so sorry you know what i mean oh <laughs> uh, let me see Teresa says just wanted to run for a second say hi um i've been watching your channel for a while there were things that you did on nist years ago that helped me oh man that's, i appreciate that thanks for watching hope to catch you live when i have more time take care thanks for thanks for joining me i appreciate it i'm just doing a quick one just doing a quick one okay let me see here i got some questions on tiktok sometimes these things go crazy on me i won't be on here too long guys i'm not gonna take too much of your time Somebody said, I was wondering if you can go over what systems and networks I can research vulnerabilities on. What systems and networks I can research vulnerabilities? Is this for the purposes of like learning more? Um, there's a couple places you can go to. You probably already know about these. There's a couple things that you can do that I could tell you about. Let me see. Chat hack the box is one. One is called, oh man, what's the other one called? Try hack me. And I've been trying to get a code from these guys so I can offer you guys like discounts and stuff, but um, I haven't gotten back with them. They're, they emailed me and I'm supposed to have a meeting with them to get like a code. Anyway, so there's two different places you can go to to kind of learn more about hacking and and um, vulnerabilities that are that can appear within networks one is called try hack me just all one word try hack me and the other one's called hack the box and what they do is you might already know about this but preaching to the choir maybe but um they allow you they have these they have a bunch of um of virtual environments that you can mess around with that are safe you know you can go in there and safely without any legal issues go on there and, and mess around with it but if you wanted to do your own what i used to do is i used to load uh, a vulnerable box onto my own local system i'd use vmware or something like it they got some free ones vmware is not free but 
you this is a virtualization and then you it's a virtualization virtualization machine you upload it onto your local computer and then you could put like I don't know, Windows 95 or Windows 98 or whatever, some old versions of Windows or old versions of Red Hat, and then try to hack them, like do stuff to them and uh, mess around with them. You can do that. Another place you can do it is just look, probably shouldn't do this, but you can go on Google and find a bunch of vulnerable systems. <laughs> if you know what to if you know what to type in, you can find a bunch of vulnerable systems. Default passwords, uh, weak Apache web pages that are not complete. You, there's a lot of stuff you can find. Just just Google. Just using Google. Which laws should I abide by when conducting vulnerability research? Um, hmm. Do you mean like what do you like that you're you're trying to you're doing scanning and stuff? If is that if that's what you mean, then I would have there's certain targets I would avoid altogether. The government, do not mess with the government. Don't do it. There's an old saying that says, um, do not wound a king, which means if you're gonna strike, you know, you you you're not gonna you don't want to wound them because they'll come after you. So don't there's hard targets you don't want to mess with at all. Like not even a little bit, not even to mess around, not even to talk about. And one of those is the government. I wouldn't mess with any government. Don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> That's just don't do it, man. Uh, let me see. Um, this is for GRC or just cyber in general. Um, we could talk about cyber in general. GRC is my happens to be the thing that I'm best at. So you can ask me any GRC question. You're probably gonna know the answer to it or be able to point you to the right direction. But somebody just asked me a couple cybersecurity questions and I'm like, hmm, I don't know, you know. And then sometimes what will happen is I, I'm talking to so many people that I'm not going to know the answer, but somebody on here is a cloud expert. Somebody on here is a has been doing uh, network engineering for 20 years and then they'll answer, for, they'll answer me, you know what I mean? And plus I have, I've got a ton of friends who are there way smarter than me at this stuff i'm what i know is child's play compared to these guys you know they are about that life i'm just kind of messing around any questions you guys have whatsoever about this field i'm all ears i'll, I'll do my very best to try to help you out let me see somebody asked me jd strong says I'm thinking about the new ISC2 certification called CC, Certified in Cybersecurity. What's your advice on it? So it's a fairly new certification. Um, I wouldn't, so if you're just trying to learn cybersecurity, then go for it. Like if you're just trying to like get that common body of knowledge in there, then and IC2 is a is a great company. Like I've got two certifications from them that are highly marketable. But the thing is, ISC2 CC is very very new. Um, and if it's not that, what I mean to say is it's probably not very marketable. And I could check it real quick. But usually when a when a certification just just comes out, like it literally is like a few months old. I think I want to say it's like six months old. 
they're not usually very marketable. What I mean is like if you put it on your resume, people aren't even going to know what it is. They're not even going to know what it is. You might be excited about it, but these recruiters and these HR departments don't even know what it is, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing. One day they will know what it is and you'll have it. One of the certifications that I got that was very, very new when I got it and, and people didn't know what it was, was um, they now call it ISC to CGRC. And it's getting more popular, but it's actually still people don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Indeed right now for the ISC 2 CC, and I'm not seeing – there's none. There's two jobs, and these are – I don't even know if these are related to the CC that I just typed in. So it's just not very marketable at this point. So an, another entry-level certification that you might want to entertain for now, if you're thinking about not only learning but also – also, uh, marketability would be the Security Plus. Now, if you are a new person, like if you are super duper new and you're just trying to get your you're just trying to get the knowledge, then CC is good because it's going to give you the knowledge. It's going to start you off with that knowledge. So that's just my two cents in, in on that. I would say I, again, though, backing up. So if you're absolutely new to this, like if you are absolutely new you might want to try A plus certification because the A plus certification actually is part is marketable. CompTIA A plus would be a better one, I would say, if you're trying to get because your first step if you're trying to get in this field is to do a help desk job, uh, a, a basic help desk job, which is information technology type entry level job. So that that would be probably the first thing I would do personally. So, but yeah, if you if you're already in it, go for it. I, ISC2 is a great, it's a great organization. I've, I have two certs from them. It's been paying me for years. And what they're really good at is marketing those course, uh, their courses that they have, marketing the certifications that they have. Very, very good. So there's no doubt in my mind that one day the CC certification is going to be big. It's just going to take some time. NC Worker, good afternoon, everyone. How you doing, NC? All right, let me see if I got more. In your opinion, what would you recommend for training in cybersecurity? So here's here's what I would recommend. Top tier thing would be on your own. Start messing around with your own network. I know it sounds trivial. I know it sounds very simple. It doesn't, it's probably not something you want to hear, but I would say the first thing you should do is start messing around with your own stuff. In, with your own network, with your own phone, with your own laptop, all that stuff. Mess around with the host space firewall. Mess around, around with the security features. Mess around with creating accounts on your system. Start messing around on your own. Do your own. Do little, like little projects for yourself. Set up a network. Set up your own network and mess around with that. Set up a Linux box and mess around with the command line interface on the back end of Linux. Stuff like that is where you want to start. Learning the basics. Some of the basic things you want to learn, you want to mess around with is networking, how IPs work, how packets are sent back and forth. The I, uh, the TCP IP protocol, the TCP IP stack, um, basic stuff about cloud, basic stuff about cloud. Um, what is a client and server model? How do, what is the difference between a server and a, and a regular system? How do computers work? How does the RAM work with the storage device, work with the CPU? 
basic stuff. Like you can do all that in-house on your own. You can read books about it. You can watch videos about it. Be obsessed with learning how this stuff works. And those three or four technologies that I talked about are foundational to everything you're about to do in your career as a cybersecurity person. Because how can you understand what malware is doing to your system if you don't understand what your system is, if that makes any sense? So that's the first step. Do stuff on your own. The second step, if you have the means to do it, this is not for everyone, but if you have the means, what I would say is go to go to college, even community college, go to um, get an associate's. I know how people feel about college. They're not like feeling it these days. It's not popular. It's and I don't I don't blame you because it's just it's they're too expensive. It takes a year to get a, a degree, you know, but in this career field as, an, as a technical person, the level of knowledge that you're going to have to attain is going to be pretty deep. So actually going to getting a degree and spending the time that it takes to learn this the history of this stuff learning to have multi, be multidisciplinary and learn all different aspects of information technology is really good and really it's the time that a, co a college degree forces you to put in that's super valuable that's what i would say so first step on your own start learning second step if you can if you have the resources go to university and you don't have to do cybersecurity as a degree. You can do information technology, information systems. Um, you can do cyber uh, computer science. You can do database administrator. You can do anything dealing with technical. I would say any computer stuff would be the best certification. You, I mean, the best degree you can get. It can be an associate's degree or master, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, but I would highly recommend a bachelor's degree. Um. Let me see. You said uh, Full Sail University, which was more of an art school, offers it now. Yeah. So degree, that's the second thing. The third thing I'd say, uh, whether or not you have a degree, at some point, I would do certifications. Here's why I say this. I'm. A, let me just give you a realistic view about certifications. Okay, this is coming from somebody who has a lot of certifications. We've been in the, I've been in this field for a long time. I've been on the receiving end of interviews, and I've been on the person who's given the interviews. Um, certifications are important in this field. And there's two reasons why. One is because the common body of knowledge of a certification is um, is going to put you point you in the right direction. Two, is that some certifications are very marketable. Those are the two reasons. That said, the most important thing you can do is get experience. Experience trumps everything. It's experience over your degree, experience over certifications. That's why the first thing I told you to do is you got to be a geek. Like you got to put in the work. You got to set up your own networks. You got to tear stuff apart, put it back together again. You got to learn this stuff. You got to put the time in. And if you can do that, those three things, I'm not telling you it's going to be overnight. This is not an overnight type job. This is not an overnight type thing. And if, if you're looking for overnight type stuff, this is not the field that you want to go in. You know, I don't know what that field is, but in this field is not overnight. You're not overnight going to make six figures, you know, like some influencers are out there telling people that you're going to just get a certification and then overnight, you know, it, those people who do get within a year can get six up to six figures. They put in some serious 
effort. They put in some serious time, some serious sacrifice, and some serious effort. I'm not saying it's not possible. It is very possible, but I'm talking about you're going to have to sacrifice some real time, money, and energy to do it. Um, and most people are not willing to, to put in that work. Um, you said, what what courses do you have? Do you have any um, you have any course? Do I have any courses? <laughs> I can't read, man. Um, I do have some courses, but I don't I don't know that the, the courses I have would be for you. I'm working on one that's more of an entry level cybersecurity type course. But I you know, that's why I don't really advertise my course on here, because it's, if, if it's not for new people, um, it's, it's not it's not really for new people. Um, I do have, what do I have? I've got a free course. I've got a free course that's talking about what I just said. So yeah, I do have some, so I do have a free course. I take that back. I, I forget about it. <laughs> go to combo, go to Lincoln bio. Um, you'll see, uh, free courses go there. I have a few, a few free courses and that one is talking about what I'm telling. It's a long form video where I'm breaking everything down. If what I'm just telling you. In these two or three minutes I've been talking, I go into great detail for about two out two or three hours, and I'm breaking down everything you need to do and and every all the mindset you need to have and some of the basic things you need to know. And I'm pointing you in this in that direction. It's absolutely free, and so uh, go ahead and check that out. It's, I'm working on one that actually teaches cybersecurity to a person who doesn't know, but I'm not. I haven't done that yet. Thanks for the motivation. Not a problem. What is privacy? What is a privacy analyst? So I imagine a privacy analyst is a role for somebody who does um, privacy, uh, who's looking at personally identifiable information on on assets, on information systems that have privacy data on them. So they're going to do things like a privacy threshold. Uh, analysis. They're going to probably do things like a privacy uh, impact assessment. They're going to probably be the person that identifies which system has privacy on them. They're going to do things like that. If I had to guess what a privacy analyst was, I would look at the uh, job description of that because comp companies can name titles, whatever they want. They can name. I've, I've been in roles where they well, they were calling me an information system security engineer, but I was doing information system security officer work. I've been in roles where I was an analyst. They were calling me an analyst, but I was doing engineering work. I was tinkering with the server, but I was doing analyst. You know, like there's so it just depends on how they describe the actual work. Of the privacy analyst. Um, can you talk about areas to focus on educating myself on DOD information systems without a clearance? GRC stuff, probably. Um, yeah. So first of all, let me let's let's look at the a ten thousand foot view. So every cybersecurity job doesn't require a security clearance. I know it's it's a deceptive word name naming. They should just call it a clearance because. Not every cybersecurity job requires a clearance. They usually require a background check, but that's not the same as a clearance. A clearance is somebody who's going to get a, a secret, a top secret or SEI or whatever have you new name fangled secret information out there that's government owned. So that's a clearance. 
what I have right now is called a public trust, not a clearance. It's, it's usually put in the same bucket as a clearance, but it's not officially a clearance. So a public trust just means that I'm going to be trusted with information that is sensitive to the organization. Things like a vulnerability that's attached to a certain IP address, ex external IP address. That'd be very valuable to somebody who's trying to hack um, a critical infrastructure or a critical system, right? I know that information. So they want to know that they can trust me. So they'll do this two-month background check to make sure that I've never robbed a bank before and I'm going to work for a bank. They don't want to hire a person who robbed the bank, if that makes any sense. You know, there's things like that. They want to make sure that I can be trusted with their information. So they're going to call my references. They're going to talk to people who I know. They're going to, you know, do so their background check is not the same as a clearance. Okay, number one. So let's clear that up. So another thing is you don't necessarily have to do DOD to do the stuff I'm talking about. You know, and I don't know if that's if that's you, but I just want to make sure that you before I tell you what you need to know, that you don't have to do DOD. I've done stuff. I've done stuff that's not within the DOD and got paid more outside the DOD. And that's not just government jobs, but that's private sector as well. So this is private sector organization. There's the there's the pharmacy industry, there's healthcare industry, there's banking industry, and they use some of the same things that the Department of Defense uses for security. So anyway, let me show you. That said, things that you can study right now without a clearance would be um, – I hope you have a pen and pad ready. One is called the NIST 800, NIST 800 series. So the reason why NIST 800 is so important is because the federal organizations all throughout the United States use this standard. This is not anything secret. This is all publicly available information that I'm about to show you. So the NIST 800, let me see if I can find the NIST 800 control family and all the documentation and all stuff that you need to Look at okay. Here, here's some stuff, some resources that you could use if if anybody else wants to know this information. I'm not going to be on here too much longer, guys. But this is a great opportunity to ask any questions you have. Somebody in this field. So this is if you go to if you go to oh my gosh, you can't see this stuff. If you go to Google and type in NIST 800 security controls, you'll see something that looks like. You'll see that these are all security controls. This is something that you could look up right now and research. And if you knew this stuff right here, it would be it's highly valuable to you, highly valuable to the government. Therefore, the DOD would would love you to know this stuff. Another one would be hmm, what's another one? Um, let me see. This one called the NIST 800-37. This is the entire federal government uses this right here. They call it different things. Um, they have different naming conventions for some of it. But pretty much this right here is what everybody is using. So if you know this right here, NIST 837, this framework, this set of rules. Um, it's not downloading for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But local, maybe let's go local. Hmm. Anyway, NIST 837, this is the risk management framework process. It's about a, I don't know, 100-page document. You can also download my book for free right now. And it, my free book talks about this very thing, and it breaks it down within about 20 pages, 
40, 40 to 20 pages right now. It's a free bundle on Kindle. Link in description, link in bio. And I break it down in layman's terms if you're interested in that. The only payment is your review. Just give me a review on there, and I'll be very happy about that. Um, the other document you want to do is a NIST 83053. NIST 853. Sorry, I kind of misspoke there. And I don't know why their site is down, but this document has all the controls, the security controls. If you know this one, this is pretty good, but this is like a two, 300 page document right here. Not a short read, but again, I have a document. I have a, a free book that's that's summarizing everything you need to know, cutting out all the fat and breaking it down in layman's terms. So um, that's free right now. For those who are, it's a very popular book. People really like it and um, it's, it's doing pretty good already. So I hope that helps you for national security. Okay, national security. There's another document you can you can read called the um, the CNSSI. Let me see if I got that right. There's one called the CNSSI. All of this is based off NIST 800, by the way. So even the CNSSI national security um, instruction is still CNSSI. It's still based off of what I just told you, which is NIST 800, 853. NIST 853, NIST 837. So, yeah, it's still there. It's, a, it's an overlay of the NIST 800. So let me show you what that document is. It's the CNSSI. This is for national security systems. This is all publicly available information. I'm not telling you guys. I would never tell you anything that's going to jeopardize my money and my freedom. There's no way I'd, I'd leave this country before I do some shit like that. So there you go right there. This is what the document looks like. But it's a uh, this right here. Let me hold on a second. So I, man, I don't know why it's I'm, I apologize. It looks like crap on it anyway it's it's the national security national security systems this is for uh national security systems are are typically for uh intel systems military systems very important systems weapon systems stuff like that but here look at this it tells you right here it's based off of nist 853 so if you know this right here what I was just telling you, and the other one's NIST 837. They all come back to those two documents. If So if you know those, and that's why I'm constantly getting contacted, because I know those things. And they, they need somebody who knows those things. So uh, let me see. Somebody said, what about this is Stiggs? But I had another question before that. Geek says... How do I get my contracts for my new cybersecurity firm? How do I get my contracts for my new cybersecurity firm? Have you tried sams.gov? Sam, sam.gov. Do you have a, a DUNS number? This is coming from somebody, who, somebody who's tried it before. I'm not the right person to ask about how to get it because I haven't gotten one myself. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a couple of interviews. Like, I've talked to a couple of directors and stuff, but I... I have not, I've yet to land one of those things. And I don't really know if I want one, to be honest with you. 
being perfectly honest. But Sam dot you go to S A M dot G O V, and they have like a, a database of all of the current requests for proposal, where you would then submit your contract. I guess that's how it works. Like I said, I've never. Uh, you've got to be in the sam.gov database and sometimes I think they even reach out to you at some point uh, and then start applying for and competing for some of these jobs that are out there. And it looks something like that. Showing it on my screen here on on Facebook and YouTube. But it looks like that these contracts pay pretty good from my understanding. Um, I got a couple people contacting me about joining one of their contracts. You know, they have their own Duns number and stuff. But some of these are hundred thousand, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollar, multi million dollar contracts that they're offering to small business owners, especially if you happen to be a minority or a vet. Um, there's certain ones that they kind of put aside just for you. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's a. You got to have a Duns number. There's some couple hoops you have to jump through to get that done, but that's how you do it. Okay, somebody asked me, "What about disastigs?" So is that something? Oh yeah. So I guess that's harping back to going back to what the the first question was of things that you could study right now. And I, I mentioned NIST 837. NIST 853. You could look at Disestigs. You could try to mess with Disestigs. What I would do is put the Stigs on my own system, set up a system, and then put the Stigs on my system to start like messing around with it, testing out, figuring things out, like how it works and everything, putting the configurations, hardening my system to make it so that you could practice and be able to say that you, you are very familiar with Disestigs. So that's one thing you could do. For those of you guys that don't know, I have a free book that's out right now. Link in description, link in bio. I'm looking for reviews. Um, it's free on Kindle, Amazon, and for, for a limited time only. It's gonna only going to be free for, I think, till Tuesday. It's like a five-day thing, and it already started like two days ago. So I think we got till like Tuesday or something like that. And all I'm asking for is a, a review. So I appreciate everybody who already did. Thanks you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I mean, that's going to go a long way for that book. So I really appreciate it. It's a two book bundle. It's talking about NIST 837, NIST 853, and it's breaking down in layman's terms. It's giving real world examples. It's very practical guide. It gets straight to the point. It's not talking about theory or anything like that. It's saying, look, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. Things like that. All right, let me see. Have any other questions here? See if I missed anything. Um, this is a GRC. Yeah, guys, thanks for all the questions. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. You said the link to the book is in the bio. So if you go to my bio on TikTok, or if you happen to be watching me on YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, what you do is 
uh, go to the site. It's called um, combocourses.net. And right on the top, you'll see a button. And that button's going to lead you directly to the book. Limited time only, only for Kindle. And um, get the book. It's a two-book bundle. It's one of my more popular books. I get a lot of great reviews about that book. It's that's It's been incredible. It's been great. Um, but that book right there is, is talking about, is breaking down the process from our perspective, people who are in the weeds, people who have to do the work. It's not for academia. If you read the NIST 837, it's not a fun read. Um, it's, it's like 30 pages of just, I don't even, it's just like a bunch of theory and a bunch of, what I do is I get straight to the point. I say, look, here's why we have this in the first place. Here's what it applies to. And here are the steps. Step one, do this. Step, step one through seven. Here's what you need to do. Here's who you need to talk to. And by the way, if you want more information, read this document right here. That's I'm breaking it down like that. And I, I could do that in, in a much less pages than that. And now it's not a replacement for the NIST 837 or the NIST 853. It's not a replacement because you do need that if you're in an organization. At some point, you'll have to reference directly to that because it's actually going through and break. It's breaking down the, the security controls in their most minute detail until you have to get to the STIGs, the security and implementation guides, which are even more technical or more in the weeds. So anyway, the book is just like at a high level, like what do I have to do? And the reason why I wrote the books is because when I first started doing this, I was kind of just thrown to the wolves. I was kind of just thrown in there and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't have any context and I ended up having to read the actual laws. And I don't know if you have ever read like an act or a regulation that's coming directly from Congress or whoever, or, you know, the senators, but the way they write, it's like lawyer speak. And it's very difficult to understand. And the reason why I wrote that book was to just, I was like, man, why don't they just get to the point? Why don't they just tell us what we need to do and get straight to the point and give us context, real world, world context, so I can do my job. So I wrote the book based off of that. Like, what would I, if, if I could, Go back to my past self, and this is a book that I would hand that guy. I'd be like, here you go. Here's how you do it. Here's what they're talking about. If you want more information, go here. I get straight to the point. I even have, like, stories of real things that have happened to me. The names are changed to protect the innocent so that, <laughs> so that you can even get more context on what that security control means, for example. So, all right, guys, I think that's about it. I've been talking for about 43 minutes and I got some other stuff to do here on a Sunday. But thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate it. I've got other lives that are gonna, I'm going to do throughout the week, Monday through Friday. Um, other stuff that's going to be if you want to join this conversation, then the, one of the best ways to get a hold of me and ask me more questions or join this community is YouTube Combo Courses, Facebook Combo Courses. ComboCourses.com, uh, those are the best places. And, of course, you can just email me and any specific questions and stuff. I'll do what I can. I get a lot of emails, so I don't. sometimes I, I they get lost in the sea of emails that I get. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Check out that free book. Give me a review, and I will talk to you guys uh, maybe tomorrow.
tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see if we can do a live tomorrow. 